Welcome back to another episode of the Misguided Miscreants Podcast. My name is Andy, and with me I have my co-hosts, Jimmy John and MJ. What's up, guys? Hey. What is up, man? How are you guys feeling? Feeling fine. Feeling okay. It's... 2021. Oh, yeah, it's our first recording in 2021, huh? Yeah. Hell yeah, it is. Oh, snap. Start off the year correct. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a new year. <laughs> new I possibilities. Guess. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, with the looming shadow we'll of see what COVID and school, all that stuff. Yeah, with that, like, yeah, with the whole like the feeling of new, right? You know, there's there's one thing that we haven't talked about that we we said that we would, but we haven't gotten into, which was yeah. <laughs> for I guess this you know this mainly helps for people who really don't know us or maybe even our friends who who might learn some new things about us, right? Mm-hmm. But essentially, we want to talk about I guess our thoughts and experiences growing up or well not growing up but like the events that led to who we are as a person today right like yeah in terms of our profession what we're into what we're, what we're planning to do like that's the general gist of that right yeah right so with that said i guess i, I can start and really you know i like to start i guess back in the end of high school right like mm-hmm. what I guess we all had like a different kind of set of expectations in terms of what we wanted to do and how we went about it, right? Yeah. I don't know about you, but like for me, you know, just thinking about like career-wise, it was just like a real, like I didn't know what else to do. It was just like the general thing where everybody was just thinking about, okay, after high school, got to go to college, college. Yep. right? And yeah. Just try your best, right? Like to get the best grades and and whatnot and stuff. Um, I mean, was was that like your experiences too? Like that was that's the main thing you guys are thinking about, or what was it like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. I mean, everyone was talking about college. Um, that's all we knew. Senior year, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like, what else would you do? Basically, there was they had that whole idea like, oh, if you don't go to college, like, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, like, what are yeah. you gonna do with your life? You know, it's kind of sad. Um, like, that's like the only option. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but um, I mean, I didn't go to a four year straight after high school, so like, I thought like community college would be good enough at that time, mm-hmm. even though you know everyone was going to university. But yeah, yeah. You know, I actually felt like I didn't have like enough good grades to really apply to like all the colleges that a lot of people apply to. Like specifically, like you know, yeah. it was well known that like everybody was aiming for the UC or higher, right? Yep, UC. And I'll I'll just like honest myself. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna apply to these state schools. Like they're still universities, <laughs> you know. But I was more or less like a B student. So that was like kind of my experience. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny too that when you think about the distinction that I don't know if we collectively as a graduating class of people around our age made about the distinction between UCs and state schools. But when you really, really think about it, it doesn't matter that much, maybe to certain professions or certain companies that people might want to have gotten might want to get into might be like, oh, this is a UC. It in, in their mind, it's more prestigious, 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 mm-hmm. uh, prestigious, prestigious <laughs> right? And now that I and, and it's almost like the difference between 
junior college and state not not even state but junior college four year four four year year, yeah yeah, that it's not that big of a deal when you really think about it Mm -hmm. but i don't think even both older generations younger generations after us and even some millennials don't understand how often it was drilled into our heads of the importance of college Mm -hmm. and both like both of you you guys it was the same for me i was just um, well, maybe not exactly the same. In the beginning, I was so anti-college, but I just did it because I was like, well, I have nothing else to do. That was my thought process. And I yeah. might as well um, do do that because I wasn't working and I didn't see myself for that foreseeable future for those first few years after um, after high school that I was going to work in a job because I'd never worked. So, yeah, that was pretty much the same for me most of, most of for the most part. Yeah, I could, like definitely I agree in the sense that like, it the value of the education you get is pretty much this i don't want to say pretty much the same but it's like if you think about the cost of it it's you know you have some choices yeah. to make there but but yeah like I, I would say the at least i will notice this now like when 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 i'm applying for jobs and stuff like in in the the hiring industry right like having that prestigious kind of name definitely helps which is which it shouldn't be that way and there's actually a lot of companies that are being started up that tries to mitigate and fight against that right they try to fight that fight that bias right like how they would measure like the skill of you know if you're an engineer like they'll try to measure the skill of your actual work versus you know how how prestigious your school is even to down to like where you live or even interviewing skills, right? Interviewing skills is another mm-hmm. bias in, in the terms of it's not a real predictor of success in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's an, a, a, like a famous example of what you're talking about is Google and how they hire, at least from the stories I've heard and the, the different I've read, I forgot what the book was called, but it was a really small book where they detailed at least back then, a handful of years ago, the interview process for Google and the type of weirdo, outside-the-box, left-field questions they ask their potential employees. Yeah. And I, this one stuck out in my mind. I don't know if you, maybe you guys heard of this one or maybe I've told it to one of you or both of you. But one of the ones they used to ask people was, if you were shrunken down to like the size of a, I don't know, like an ant or a bug, and you were stuck inside the bottom of a blender, how would you get yourself out? And they would try to gauge, like, you couldn't, obviously it really solved that but it was like they were trying to gauge the creativity that you can come up with um that the creativity that you had to come up with a a solution for that on the spot on the spot yeah on the spot it's (laughs) worth because i think i remember the answer to that question and it's like something that you wouldn't even think of or at least i wouldn't because i'm not into like physics that much i wouldn't the answer was i think the actual answer was something about it had to do with physics basically like if you were that size and because of your basically if you're ant-man and like you would retain like your yeah i guess your strength so it's multiplied by the the amount of size you are so you would basically be able to jump out of there oh i think that was the answer to that really? question yeah i felt like it might have been something different but i'm, I'm probably totally messing up like the actual science here but <laughs> I, from what i remember that was like the the answer well what, what did you have in mind I don't know. I didn't have anything specific, but I felt like I remember reading what the answer was mm-hmm. and it was not that. It was not that. But yeah. no, but but the point to to one of your other points too about the 
because you said it, you know, it shouldn't be that way in terms of when they look at, oh, it's a UC versus state, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you really think about it, and, and it just like with anything re uh, involving merit or ability to contribute, anyone can come from a UC, but once they get it, you put them in the job, they, they, that doesn't mean they'll, they're going to perform. You know, they're going to perform well. And what happens when they don't? Then what? <laughs> then they're going to look kind of dumb, you know? And vice versa, if you're from a state, or even if you went to junior college first and you transferred to a state or a UC, those people, in my experience, in my, in my perspective too, those people tend to work harder anyway because they know it's what they look like to other people, especially employers and the stigma that comes with not going to a state or UC right away. I think it depends on what field they're in. Yeah, too, like absolutely. in the major, because something technical will probably be like you'll need to know the skills. And some people think they have better, I guess, training or education or whatever. And like UCs, um, but they don't. but if it's like things like working with people, I feel like it shouldn't really matter. I think. I think any job will have to deal with yeah. working with yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but like you know, like. If you were a communication major, I don't think it really matters if you were from a UC or a state. But that I agree with that, but then that's the thing too, even with more technical fields, how much more, not more better, that's not, how much better is the teaching for a technical skill of True. a UC to a state? Like, are they yeah. really that much, also, you know what I mean? Because like, also if you think about it. The difference would be marginal. A UC teacher can also teach at a state yes. school. Or Absolutely. even a community college, because we did have a community college teacher for what was that like philosophy? Um, at oh CSM. yeah, at CSM. yeah, he was a teacher at like UC Santa Cruz, but he was also teaching oh, that same Jeremy, exact class. Jeremy Ball or something? Ball. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Damn, you remember My favorite too. class? <laughs> yeah, he was funny. Yeah, yeah that's that's. But a good yeah, point. that's a good example. Yeah, and and that's the thing too with JCs. Most of the professors, not all of them, but most of them are professors from state and uc schools yeah yeah so you know <laughs> it's pretty crazy to think about it's like yeah. dude you teach over there i'm i'm learning the same thing yep that's someone way less yeah yeah i'm not paying as much as they are but i'm learning the same shit yeah it, it really is that like the perceivable factors right like if you were to compare mm -hmm. two resumes like one let's say it's mine like i'm from san jose state versus someone who graduated like ucla or uc berkeley right they're automatically going to yeah. start thinking things right it's like inevitable yeah. like bias is built into us right it's it's how humans kind of quickly make up. those like mm -hmm. decisions you know but then you have to like really think yeah. further than that but it's still it's still messed up what is that term Heur heuristics heuristics what does that mean uh basically what you just said but it's the term i forgot what class i learned it in initially but um not necessarily like stereotyping or or mm but kind of related. It's like the quick judgments you make based on things that you might see, like your example yeah. for UCs versus states, like heuristics, because in your mind, well, UC is like more prestigious. They prestigious. Mm -hmm. They went there for a reason, right? So they must be, even if they don't think that that thought process is as they're looking at it, that's still something in the back of their mind they're probably considering Yeah. as they're looking at the resume in your example. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Damn, that kind of sets people up for failure if you've really never does. even, like, if you've struggled in high school from the jump, or like, if you don't even have the money to attend a UC, that already fucks you up for whatever you plan for yourself. Right, because you gotta get loans, yeah. and then you're gonna be in yeah. debt. Dude, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's such a terrible uh, pipeline when you think about it. And, and that's kind of how I felt too with coming out of high school and even going into like community college, for example. I felt it was something I had to do, but in my mind I was thinking there was no way I'm going to be able to or my parents are going to be able to pay for yep. even a state school. Yeah, that was the number one thing um, I thought of too. I was like, how am I going to pay for college? You know, like, I don't want to take out any loans. And eventually I did. Mm. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the beginning, I was like, I'm not going to go to a university. I'll just go to community college and figure it out from there. And then, yeah, and now I'm here in grad school taking out so many freaking right. loans. Because, <laughs> you know, go I figure. really, I want to do what I want to do. So... Was that your experience, Andy? Like when you were going into college, did you think about the financial part of it too? Because you went straight. To, did you go straight to San Jose State? I, yeah, I went straight there. Right? And okay, I I've been, I'm pretty lucky in the fact that one, it's it is a state compared to the UC, which is like, yeah, drastically more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I even remember like I was looking at the bill. I was like, okay, that's not too bad. Like one semester at the time, my first semester there was like. I want to say around like $2,500. Oh, really? Yeah, that's really not but, that bad. But that it increased over time, like about maybe $300 every semester. And a lot of it Jeez. had to do with um, like the money went to like the facilities. So like by the time I left, they built like a whole new athletic center. I'm just like, <laughs> really? Of course. Really? This, this happened to us <laughs> Always in Westmore happens. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. They it kind of happened at CSM like the last yeah. couple semesters they built really nice hella nice yeah. facilities. Yeah, remember those studios? The, the, the recording studios the recording were so studios, nice, dude. dude. Recording studios, holy shit. Yeah, I was like, damn, these are for a community college. It was like a big deal. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm this is a side note, but I'm definitely I every, every now and then I beat myself about up about not using those mm-hmm. when I started music because it would have been we kind of did. We took a class, but we ended up dropping it, so we couldn't <laughs> yeah. really access. See, that was another thing. When I was in community college, I was just like, okay, I'm here. I'm good for now. And then I just kept dropping so many classes. Like, I would always, like, you know, I would have, like, 12 units worth of courses. By the end of the semester, I would have three Ws and then one course that I actually finished. Damn. So it took me a while. Yeah. Because yeah. what well, we graduated, what, 2009? And then I didn't find, like, I didn't decide to, to transfer to a four year until 2012. And then, like, 2013 was when I finally transferred. And I was just like, damn, I wasted so much time. <laughs> but at the same time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I was just like, oh. That's very interesting because, from my experience, it definitely comes from, I would say, like, the, the whole Asian pressure. And mm, that really started yeah. Asian pressure. Yeah. That really started like during high school where, you know, you get pressure from like family and even like family friends to talk about like what you want to do for your future and like you should start getting serious. But at the time already, I was like, you know, still a B student. So like, okay, you know, in my mind, I, you know, maybe I could have been better in high school. So now in college, I really have to like, quote unquote, get my shit together, even yeah. though I wasn't like, like on the verge of failing or anything. Right. So a lot of the time in, in college, I felt like I just needed to do it for like my career, right? And and of course that makes sense, right? Like you do for career. But then I found myself I really enjoyed doing the other things that you're supposed to do in college, 
that just rounds you out as a more, you know, a, as a person, right? Like you learn some some things that you just wouldn't think you would enjoy, right? Like for me, it was specifically two classes, which was death, dying, and religion, oh, and shit. and fantasy, science, and fiction, right? Like mm. that has nothing to do with what I do, like as a profession, yeah. Right? yeah. But it was just so interesting, and that's that's what I, I kind of like not fell in love with, but like I really enjoyed those times and. It's it's because of that of that pressure where like you know you were saying how you took all these classes in JC and just to like figure out what you want to do and part of me wished I did more of that in terms of just doing more shit that I wanted to do rather than just laser focused trying to get in and get out as fast as possible and get like a good paying job right that was like my whole experience there I don't know what you guys went through or like when, when did you guys kind of identify what you wanted to do. Uh, man, it was all over the place for me, even more so. Same. Me and MJ were in a very similar boat in terms of our like our pathing in in community college, and then after that, it kind of got gradually more focused. But in the beginning, for me, I think we we talked about this uh, not on a podcast, but I off the mic, off the mic. (laughs) In the beginning, one of the first things I wanted to major in at CSM was journalism. But I never actually followed through on that. And that, the reasoning behind that was even before in high school, I really liked English and literature and reading and writing and poetry, too. I was into a lot of different like English-related things, basically. That might not be that big of a surprise if you know me. But, but yeah, I was super into that. And, I, you know, there's a handful of different ways you can take that passion, right? But for me, the first thing I thought of was like, well, I like learning. I like being informed. And I like informing people. Journalism, you know, perfect it's the perfect field for me, right? Or so I thought at the time. And when I got to CSM, I don't know what it was, but what I was thinking about it and I was like, is this really for me? I don't know. And I just kept having this back and forth of myself and I never really actually pursued it. I didn't even take, journal. I didn't take any journalism classes and I think about it at CSM, I don't think. I took one. Yeah, I didn't take I any. Because I wanted to go to journalism as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I didn't finish the class though. I ended up dropping it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, Exactly. <laughs> And in that same vein, like same as MJ for me, I dropped and withdrew from a lot of classes too. It was bad. I was so bad. And I was already, like, Andy, you said you were a B student. I was, <laughs> I was a C student, if that, probably teetering on a D student. I barely made it out. I was a terrible student, y'all. I was bad. I was so bad. Not bad in the sense that I was disruptive, but yeah. You were smart though. I mean, you did do good the last two years though, if I remember correctly. Yeah. My junior year, I had like, Almost all A's and maybe one B. Nice. Senior yeah. year for the first half, it was mostly A's. And then when I came back to Westmore, I didn't do anything because I was in my head. I was, oh, I'm around all my friends. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm back <laughs> it's like home. My friends and my girlfriend <laughs> yeah, are here. Let's my girlfriend, do it. <laughs> my... Wait, wait, your time in Tracy, you had all A's and one B? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shit. For junior year, yeah. for all of junior year, it was almost straight A's. I don't think I've ever had that. Like, I literally have all b's and the one a i got was counterbalanced by a c in a different class <laughs> what? counterbalanced <laughs> damn what classes w- were they that had an a yeah damn. probably pe you know <laughs> <laughs> oh oh snap <laughs> like that was hard at all right yeah what was the c in um uh i honestly couldn't tell was you it, a it was probably class, science or class was it... yeah yeah damn did i mention it here in this podcast i've never had anything 
Oh, no, you didn't. Higher than integrated science in Westmore. Yeah, how does that even like, happen? I've... Like, how, how exactly <laughs> does that happen? <laughs> so what happened was when I what went to mid in middle school, my science teacher, I had the same science teacher for both my seventh and eighth grade courses or classes, and she was pregnant for both years. So we always had back a sub. Back. Yeah, back to back. She got pregnant freaking twice. I remember, too, how she announced it. She was like, remember, even if you use contraception, it'll you'll still get pregnant. She said I know that this you. because I'm pregnant again. And we were like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. So when it came time to, like, oh, like, you know that little when the teacher decides what science you go to in high school? They were just like, oh, okay, integrated science. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Because, you know. Integrated science. So I went there. <laughs> yeah. I went to integrated science for freshman year. But I was a bad student that freshman year. You know, I wasn't, I'm pretty sure I failed one year. So that was understandable. So my my sophomore year, I got integrated science too. I didn't know that existed. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I was I did good in that class. But for some reason, they gave me current science for junior year. And I was just I like, didn't know that was a class, okay. too. Someone, what is current someone science? Someone messed up assigning So current, you. Yeah. current science is basically the courses, like the science that all the troublemakers oh, really? would be in. Yeah, wow, MJ, like, you're such a troublemaker. What the hell? <laughs> I know, right? I was just like, what the fuck? All these people. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though, because like everyone copied off of me. <laughs> Of course. Because <laughs> I was the only one that actually was like, okay, I'll do my homework, whatever. But yeah, they like really fucked up that junior year. And at that point, I was just like, whatever. You just need three years of science to graduate. So whatever. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't go to a, one of, also one of the reasons why I couldn't go to university. Because you had to take like a life science and like a physical science and all that stuff. I think if I was, if I yeah, remember. Those, like, I think requirements, the requirements, basically, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't do any of That's that. I was bullshit. just like, mm. <laughs> oh, right? <man>. Damn, someone, <laughs> yeah, someone along the lines really fucked you over. And I bet yeah. you they don't even know that they made that mistake. I mean, it's whatever. And I think that's one of the reasons why I don't really like science. Yeah, and I, I, I don't roast her, but I get mad at her. I point that out to her all the time. I'm like, how can you not like science? It explains the things around you. Yeah, it's interesting, but like, I can't just, I can't. But I tell you sciencey things all the time. I know. And I explain stuff to you. And then I always tell you, I don't like science. <laughs> it's it's weird because I, I like all the things that I'm not, you know, <laughs> like, like science. Like I listen to like a science podcast occasionally and like kind of follow it. But for sure, it's like one of those things where that's not my profession at all. But I, I just find that those things interesting. And actually, actually in college and just thinking back. I think I like shied away from a lot of things that it like intimidated me. Same. Like for example, like I I changed my concentration of my major like a couple times because I was didn't it know at exactly. First? I felt like it was in well, the, it would be in the major uh, the business major, but I think mm -hmm. I was I was concentrating under accounting when I first signed up because at the time my sister was in accounting, so it was just something that I was familiar with. And then I really thought about it. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that shit. Fuck that. So I changed it to... Yeah, man, you don't want to lose your soul. <laughs> I changed it to... Uh, well, I was looking at it, actually. I think I changed it to entrepreneurship. Okay. And then I was reading into it. And I'm like, does this actually help me be an entrepreneur? Like, it's just talking about entrepreneur. Like, it doesn't really... I don't, 
I'm not building any skills. I'm just learning about what it is, right? So it's kind of, to me, it felt kind of useless, right? Well, if I really want to be an entrepreneur, that's probably not the route I would take. Like I'd probably do learn something, you know, rather than learning about entrepreneurship. And then, so I changed it to, I believe there's a major called management, no, no, accounting information systems, right? So it was kind of like accounting, but also tying in like the technical side of business software. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, it's still accounting. I don't know if I want to do accounting, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, but at the same time, also like, I was just trying to soul search in the terms of like what I wanted to do and like startups at the time were Hell yeah. growing thing. Yeah, so I was, yeah. Millennial legacy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I, I was like, I was looking a lot into that and my sister had like friends who were already in that starting their company, so I hung out with them a lot. So I kind of got like a, a foot into that world and that, that made me think about the the software engineering side of things, right? And like what what like major you would choose to do that. So it'd be like computer science or software engineering that was offered in San Jose State. And that was when, you know, at the time, I probably didn't admit it, but I, I decided not to do that because I like I just felt like, uh, I think I'm just gonna stay in the business major. Cause I think it was just too much effort just to change over. And I, I re- looking back, I really think that I, I I was intimidated by switching to like a really technical major. So then I eventually chose management information systems, which was basically what it really says. Like you have information systems, like technology, business software, and you're, it focuses around managing that, right? Instead of actually building it, right? So it, it kind of had some of the concepts, like, you know, I learned how to, I don't, I don't know if you guys know what SQL is, but it's basically a... Mm-hmm. SQL? Oh, that one? yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you, you learn that. You learn how to do data flow diagrams. So like, Basically, you write up all the requirements for the engineers to do their job, essentially, and that's how you coordinate with them. So that that was like, that's what I ended up with, okay. In essence, damn, yeah, okay. that's a whole whole freaking story about dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy. I I didn't because you know I wouldn't say we fell out of touch, but more so just I didn't keep in contact with everybody around that time as much. And I obviously I knew you guys were in San Jose. I knew. Mm-hmm. A few yeah, of you that's were true. roommates, you were, yeah. yeah, and it was one of those things where I wanted, I, if I could, I would wanted to have hang out, hung out with you guys more. But even in the back of my head, I was like, this is not, it's not a practical thing because you guys are all, all the way over there. I go to school CSM, I drive, but I don't. We didn't drive. have a car. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I drove, I drove, but I didn't have my own car. So then that obviously would have, or not would have, but that did hinder me a little bit. And then also I was. Not so caught up, but I was also trying to figure my, like, going back to what we also were talking about, I was trying to figure out what I really wanted to do in college and how I can go down that path, go down a path that made sense to me while in college. And as, while we were at CSM, so many things were happening too, not just at CSM, but with our personal lives. And it was just, I still felt aimless, didn't know what I wanted. And it kind of like you, Andy, there were so many things, well, not necessarily that I wasn't, but even the things that I was interested in, I was still, I guess, scared. I don't know if that's the right word, scared of trying to pursue something related to that. Mm-hmm. You know, journalism was one of those things, and that's why I never committed. And then it was also um, kinesiology at one point because around the time graduating to transitioning to community college, I was super into fitness for some reason. And it, it had to do with around the time I was still breakdancing, I think. That's probably part of it, is because I was into breakdancing. And you know how breakdancing, you're, you're using and moving your body a lot. And then in my head, I was like, well, I have to be in shape and I like dancing because it's it's a type of expression, but also it keeps you fit, right? Because yeah. I was doing it so often. I was in pretty good shape. Yeah. 
I wanted to keep that. So I was like, how can I incorporate something similar to breakdancing into my, into being fit. Right. And that's where fitness came in. And I started studying gymnastic style conditioning and I was like, oh, this is perfect. So I just, I should just go into kinesiology. Right. And then I took a couple of intro to kinesio or one in, intro to kinesiology class. And I liked it. But when I started doing research about what it took to, to uh, be like an occupational therapist or physical therapist or anything fitness related, it requires at least a master's. And at the time, even, even then, I, I was already doubting a lot of things. I was like, there is no way I'm going to go to graduate school for this, right? And I, was t- I remember <laughs> I, I, when I talked to MJ about it, yeah, I was just like, I don't think it's, I don't, I had found it deep within myself and told myself, you know what, I don't think I have the drive for this, this specific field. So I, did, I ended up not wanting to pursue that. And then that's when I got approached by a <laughs> Marine <laughs> recruiter and, you know, the rest is history from there. But ironically, I ended up figuring out what I wanted to do almost within the first year of me getting into the military. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what happened in the military that kind of led you there? Well, I just knew that I, in the beginning, at the start, I just knew I wanted to go back to college because... Because military was that bad? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but also because I knew I was going to get benefits from being in the military. So I was like, okay, I can't wait till this is over. I'm going to definitely take advantage of this, uh, the GI Bill, you know? Dude, the GI Bill. Dude, yeah. I was just about to say. Is such it's a legit. good benefit. It's, yeah. It boggles my mind that yeah, people in the that. military <laughs> yep. don't, don't use, use it, it once wait, they get out. Wait, what, really? What are they? Because yes. here's the thing. If you use the GI Bill, when you go to school, they pay for housing while you're and in, like in the class. Your tuition. Yeah, and they pay your tuition. Like, you get so much money. Like any, like the whole tuition? <clears throat> Sorry. Yes. Yes. Depending um, on the school. But like for most state colleges, like um, Cal State Long Beach, where JJ goes, it pays for the whole tuition. They pay for your books. And then you get Housing money every allowance. month. It's like a stipend. Damn. Should I join the military? <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's not Absolutely that worth not. it? No. Well, if you join, you could be point. an officer, right? Well, yeah, that's true. Which might be a, a different experience. Well, I gotta tell people what to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might be a different experience, so I wouldn't say no, but no, maybe I would say maybe with the it ca- depends caveat. though on the branch that you. Oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, try to join the Air Force if you can. Yeah, based based on your based on your experience in the Marines, I'm like, I don't think I'd ever want to be in the Marines, dude. I could Absolutely. probably see you either in the Air Force, Air or Force the Navy. or Navy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What are what are, as what though? Like I don't even know what are the, they have a bunch. There's of... There's a lot of stuff, especially the yeah. Air Force. I feel like you can, you would probably do well as an officer in the Air Force. Interesting. They even have a whole admin. <laughs> admin, yeah. Got I got to push some pencils. That's what I gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, push some pencils and push some air, airmen around. Yeah, because they don't really have a business kind of thing, do they? Well. No, the I business don't think of so. war. <laughs> I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, the business of military. I mean, like, there's probably a lot of like operational and logistics things, which has to do with you know business, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But but yeah, it was. Um, I was. How did do? How did we figure out or not figure out? How did we find out about communication studies? Is that your major right now? Well, that was my undergrad major. Oh, okay. You you looked you were looking up stuff and you were trying to figure out oh what fits him right and then you were like hey yeah communication studies yeah 
But I mean, <laughs> you like to communicate like what we're doing yeah. right now. But that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, though. I mean, at its on the surface level, anyone could see that as applicable to them. Well, I think it's... what it was was that you were in, you were going to community college. Like after you got out, um, you were going yes. to community college first, and you were taking your general ed, and you liked your communication classes because you took like one inter. What was it interpersonal? Oh no, you took that before. That was yeah, that was yeah, while well, but you took like CSM. public speaking and oh. all that stuff. Yeah, wait, did I take two communications classes? That well, that was because it was your major, so I don't know. It's all it's kind of a blur, but <laughs> but yeah, I really <laughs> did enjoy those classes, and yeah. that's a testament to the to the professor that I had too. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about professors from UCs and states coming to teach at, at community colleges because the communication studies professor that I had taught at, uh, I think it was, was it San Diego State or UC San Diego? Is there a UC San Diego? Yes. But yeah, he was a really good teacher, a really good professor, a really good teacher. And it made me interested because I think one of those things that people identify what it was like the, their worst fear Number one is public speaking or speaking in front of a crowd, and mm. two is death, right? Or some crazy <laughs> statistic like that. So speaking in front of people is worse than death. Yeah, worse than yeah. death. Oh yeah, totally. Because most people, yeah, yeah, most people have like serious anxiety and straight stage fright over that kind of thing. It's crazy because like when I was working, and you know, no matter how many meetings that I've been in, like when there's always another meeting, or like you gotta like present something, like I, I would always get, you know, just general anxiety. But like yeah. once you're in it, it's for me, it, it kind of goes away, but like, it, there's always that anxiety, even though you've been doing it for like ever, you know, it's crazy. I think that's, that's a normal, if anything, regular occurrence, because I think people have this misconception that, oh, all these professionals and people are used to talking in front of people, they never get nervous or anxiety. But I always tell people, because people ask me this in the, some of the um, situations and occasions I've been in where I've had to talk or perform in front of people. Someone will always ask me, inevitably, someone will always ask me, are you nervous? and i ask you that all the time yeah and i forgot who like how I do you learned... not get freaking nervous no i and i never say I, i'm not well, nervous yeah but i mean you never look it but that's the thing it's about recognizing and acknowledging that you are nervous and yeah. and kind of managing that and using that to your advantage you know because i forgot where i read or heard it but someone always not someone a person said something along the lines of you know if you're nervous it's because you care about what you're about to do Right. Or in some capacity, like meetings, for example, and no one cares, really cares about meetings because meetings are tedious and boring and they happen way too often compared to when they actually need to. At least in my experience, I feel like meetings happen too often. But the point is, in some capacity, you're nervous because you care about how you're going to look or what you're going to say to the point where you don't want someone else to be not disappointed, but you don't want to just you want to make sure you get yourself your message across clearly and in a confident way right which means in, at deep down even if you tell yourself i don't care about this meeting it's boring it's tedious you still kind of care i even for me when there was meetings where i was like this is stupid but it, when, if i ever had to talk i'd be like okay well i hope i at least don't sound like an idiot <laughs> so yeah so whenever i had to do that the kind of thing i would tell myself like yeah i'm nervous but you know it's one of those cheesy self-motivational things where you're just like i'm gonna just do the best i can anyway and even if you might not just doing that just doing that is good enough, I guess. But yeah, so I, I find that interesting because um, like one, one of the, I guess, tactics where I use to manage 
that anxiety is basically taking all, everything you just said. But I also think about putting my putting myself in the audience shoes. And when I when I do that, like, or even when I'm you know observing a meeting or a presentation, like I'm not focused on how how this speaker's gonna fuck up, right? I'm more focused on like the material, right? So then then I think to myself, like, okay, that's fine. Like I shouldn't be worried about looking like a fool or like how I'm presenting this stuff. Like I should be more focused on like their needs, which is the material, right? Like just focus on what you know. Why are they here, basically? And and that that for me to some degree helps a lot. And I think to that point too, people have the misperception, misconception that people are paying more attention to them than they actually are. And this is something that that same professor taught us too: was that you're thinking more about how you sound more, way more than the audience is. And if you keep mulling over those details, then that's when it might start to show. So you might as well just go with what you were prepared, what you prepared yourself to do. And granted, I get it if you didn't prepare at all, but that's, that's on you. <laughs> if it's, it got to that point. Um, like if you knew about this thing in advance and you didn't prepare, then of course you're going to, you might look like an idiot a little bit, but unless you're like some crazy cool speaker guru who knows how to do anything on the fly without even missing a beat, which is not most people. Yeah. Like to some degree, you know, I guess it depends on what kind of thing you're presenting or meeting with. It's like, it's really not about you, right? It's about the topic right yeah it's about the material like you said it's about the material it's about what you're talking about and to kind of tie it back to how i felt about school and the military it's funny because in the military i was in communication but not communication it, it was like tech it was like telecommunication right which is kind of different but i guess sort of related it too, is, if you think yeah, about it's, it i think it's yeah. really different yeah yeah but i there's didn't a lot of like, different Things. Yeah, I can there's go into communications, that, but in a different. <laughs> there's communication studies, then there's telecommunication. It's so confusing. Yeah, it can be confusing to to most people. Even to me in the beginning, I didn't really get it until I started taking more classes and learning about the differences and what it really meant. Because at its basic level, communication studies sounds like, oh, you study you about how people talk or about talking, right? Which is part of it, and it's also an oversimplification of it. But once I started taking more classes, I was like, this makes more sense because I like personally, I like understanding not just what people are, people are saying, but how people say what they say and how that can mean different things and how we interact with each other, whether that's intercultural communications like culture to culture or interpersonal, which is single person to single person or group communication, which is more so what you see in work settings and stuff like that or organizational communication, which is still work setting, but more so the overarching style of communication stuff like that like i was really interested into interested in that and i realized that was the common thread that kind of tied anything that i was interested in like you were saying andy oh you you like things that or you were into things that you thought that you weren't or like that wasn't you technically is that that's is that correct and kind of basically i like things that i didn't have to do for my job (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah that makes more sense Yeah. yeah yeah so for me it was i guess it wasn't really the same but maybe kind of the opposite where the things that I did like doing all had somewhat a common thread of some kind of communication involved. And I like the idea of being able to understand how people get their message across in the most efficient, not, not, I want to say efficient because that sounds like people need to be a robot or something, but in in the clearest way possible. So when it came to science, for example, I was interested in science, but I wasn't going to, I never thought to myself, oh, I'm going to be a scientist or I'm going to be a biologist or a physicist because side note, I, I almost failed physics because I felt you said like physics. Yeah. In at Westmore, actually. What the f- 
Wow. Yeah, I had it with um, I had it with Aaron. Wow. Wait, I had that class too. I was with Aaron. We were in the were same class. What? What the who, fuck? What was the, who was the teacher? Um, Mr. Punkar. Yeah, I was. In, oh yeah, we were in the same class. What the class. fuck? All three of you were in the same <laughs> class. <laughs> Yeah. Why do we not remember this? I don't know. I remember having Aaron in my. You class, guys remember Aaron? Wait, so you remember the time Stephen went like he was supposed to explain a problem, right? So he's writing out he was writing it all down, and he literally right when he finished, he turns to the class. And he says, "This is how you do it." Like <laughs> he was supposed to explain step by step, but he just said, "This is how you do it." Man, that's yeah, my favorite man. memory of him, dude. Good times. Yeah, dude. I was totally in that class. That's you hilarious. were there when that happened. Wait, I was when there. Was this? Senior year. Senior year. Senior year. Yeah. Yeah. What when I fuck? when I came back, that's the wow. class I had. You guys had <laughs> class. Why don't I remember you being there, dude? But you guys, you, you guys had government together, right? Yeah. Or something. Oh yeah, we had government at yeah, because the whole yeah, because uh, I remember playing Jeopardy, Belmont. Yeah, exactly. Belmont. <laughs> Belmont? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the story of Jay? I think. I think you guys told me before. <laughs> Say it again. It's a classic. So, okay. So, we, we were put into groups to play Jeopardy, you know, as like a fun educational thing, right? So, we learn about the topic while also playing Jeopardy, answering questions, right? Uh, so, it was Jimmy John, Nancy, and me. And, like, I don't think I've ever watched Jeopardy. <laughs> you, wait, you did? Like, you never did? <laughs> so, yeah, I've never, That right? makes so, so much more sense. Because, you know, like, yeah, the answer was Belmont. Okay. okay? That like that that was oh the right God, answer that's okay? hilarious but since we're playing jeopardy you have to say it in a question you have to say you, yeah so i answered belmont and then like they said i forgot what they said they said like you have to answer the formal question so, so i was like belmont because <laughs> in jeopardy you're supposed to say yeah, what is belmont like what is belmont yeah oh man speaking belmont? of communication <laughs> technically that's a question <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's it's the I'm emphasis saying. on the tone or the, the, the stressing of the syllables. Did it count? Did they give you the point? Well, the teacher... I honestly don't know. I felt like he gave it to us yeah. because it was too funny not to. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Alas. Imagine if you were on actual Jeopardy and Alex, <laughs> yeah, you Trebek, did that. Alex Trebek with... <laughs> Choose a category. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Choose a category <laughs> and then do, do they even get I don't think they don't they don't give it to you if you don't answer in a question right Mm-mm. because no they don't because the they format is the answer is there and then yeah. you have and to you ask the question is, yeah. yeah yeah that <laughs> fits the answer yeah. I don't know that's an interesting something we should look up later Belmont yeah that that's de- definitely stuck with us yeah yeah <laughs> forever <laughs> um, I don't even remember oh yeah so going back to <laughs> things I was interested in like I was interested in physics but I just can, you know, from what I was saying earlier, I just wasn't a good student. And even though as much as I like, especially now, I like learning about how things work in terms of like science and understanding the world around us, I couldn't actually pic- picture myself in that field, even though at the core of, especially being in grad school, at the core of grad school is a lot of research and studies and experiments and critical thinking, which is what scientists do, right? And I appreciate that, but I could never be like a biologist or a physicist or a those are the two main ones I know. <laughs> Any other kind of ist that involves heavy science work because I don't think I would thrive in that environment, to be honest. And I like, and yeah, I do like talking to people like MJ said, but it's more than that too. It's just understanding how things work and making sure that, I think I said it already, but getting your message across as clearly as possible is always just something that I valued. 
and hopefully learning about that stuff would help me get better at it and or at least understanding and receiving it on a basic level. And yeah, when I was in the military, I was like, to myself, I was thinking, I don't like this stuff, but understanding how, even in the military, understanding how people talk to each other, it was so interesting to, to just witness because there are a lot of weirdos in the military. I'm not gonna lie, dude. And even to, even at the beginning, I was like, I totally do not belong here, but I'm gonna do what I need to do and then I'm gonna peace out, you know? Yeah, get that bill. Yeah, and as soon as I was, I was, it was like one of the best feelings ever. Probably one of the highlights of career-wise, <laughs> highlights of my career path was realizing how much I was excited to get out and learn in college. And then when I took those first few classes at in college afterwards, I was like, yep, this is where I need to be. Sick. Hey, man, unless you found it, right? Yeah, I guess so. And I'm not anywhere near where I want to be yet. But hopefully with this program, and I like, I like this program a lot. I love it. It's pretty dope. Hopefully, I can find something that really just speaks to me. As corny as that might sound, it really speaks to me in terms of career, profession. And that's, at the very least, I know it's going to be an education. How about uh, you, MJ? Like, what, yeah, actually, what are you studying? Library <laughs> and information, science. System <laughs> yeah. science, yeah. Yeah, I know. I had to think about it. But my program is the, the MLIS program, which is the Masters of Library and Information Science. Yeah, what made you kind of choose this path? Uh, I was working this job that I hated so much. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, dude, I need to get out of here. Like, seems, I very, need... seems very common. Yeah, because this is basically, so yeah, for a year after I got my undergrad, um, like that one year after, I was just like so unhappy with the job I was in because, you know. Was that the re review form? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's review form. Yeah. Shady yeah. ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like good pay, had good benefits, but I did not like what we were doing, you know? So um, basically, I was looking like for jobs where I kind of did kind of the same thing, not the whole review thing, but like managing like databases, you know, like information in mm. databases and stuff. And then I found the library an information technology program at a community college near us. And I was just like, okay, maybe I should look into this um, and get maybe a certificate. Um, and then I saw that, you know, there was a grad program that I could do um, at San Jose State. And I was like, okay, let me do this. But then the thing was, you need a minimum GPA for like the past like 60 units that you took, you know, during your undergrad or whatever. And I was not at that GPA. Damn. I was like point 0.1 away. Oh my point god. 0.1. So I had to take courses um to like up that shit, you know? Oh, yeah. So I took like community college courses and then I was just like, you know, cuz then I knew it was going to take me a while to get into the program cuz I decided what was it like 20 it was 2018, the beginning of 2018 where I was like, all right, I need to get my shit together. Like I want to get out of this job and do more. So yeah, so I was taking the uh yeah, community college classes to get that GPA up and then at that same time I was also doing a library internship because mm -hmm. I really was trying to like, you know, pack up my resume, mm -hmm. put more experience and stuff. But yeah, that semester, it was like spring semester of 2018 was like the busiest semester I've ever been in cuz I was working a full-time job. I was taking three classes, I think, Jesus. in that community college. Yeah, because I was like, dude, I need to get this shit. And then um, 
then I was doing an internship after work a few days a week at a library and I was just learning so much shit and I was just like, dude, I, I think I, I really like this, you know, like helping the community and everything. Yeah. But the one thing I really wanted to focus on was like archives um, and museums and all that. And which is the reason why I got to the summer internship, which was with the National Park Service, which was a really, it was a really good experience. But yeah, like. Wait, which national park? It was, uh, it's the national, so they have one in uh, East Bay. It's called the Rosie the Riveter um, World War II Museum. I don't know if you've ever, but it's in Richmond. You should check it out, listeners, because, you know, I know most of you are in the Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Once they open, I don't think they're open, you know, but, um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, there's a few, because I was doing, because they were, it was like a whole, like, little thing. It was all the East Bay ones, so I did that one. There was the Eugene O'Neill National Site, which was, if you don't know who Eugene O'Neill is, he was a playwright from back then, and they basically turned his estate into like a museum like you get to walk through his home how it used to be when he lived there oh nice and yeah and the main job for that internship was to basically digitize all like the letters he's had with like the correspondence between people which was a really cool thing to do and i really want to do that like to be able to preserve things in history and then it's kind of funny because if you think about it i hated history (laughs) i hated science (laughs) and history back then and then now i'm just like oh wow like History is pretty important now. Like, you think about it. That's pretty cool. It's kind of like how I hated politics back then. And now it's like, wow, I should have kind of learned more about this shit because this shit's fucked up right now. So, yeah, I really want to do library stuff. Like, it's just crazy. I I never really thought about going to grad school until that moment where I was like, I hate this job. I need to get out, (laughs) you know. Uh, And now I work at a library, which is also cool. Learning a lot. Is there anything, is there any particular, like, type of history that you're interested in in preserving hip-hop like for example like you meant, you meant, oh okay <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah last semester we actually i took a making exhibits out of like archival collections kind of class and i did this whole like project on um like the hip-hop archives at cornell university like i put this whole exhibit together and i was just like this shit is pretty fun like putting exhibits together and like having people learn more things because yeah that's pretty cool I mean, especially for things that peop- that are really misunderstood, like hip-hop. Hell yeah. Like, that's something I really want more people to, like, look into, which is, like, that's, like, a dream job for me. Like, if I end up working at Cornell, <laughs> that would be so sick. But that's all the way on the East Coast, so I can't really, I don't know. We'll see how yeah. that goes. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you guys should just move there, you know? I know, right? You I can mean, visit us. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I know, I keep saying I want to move there, but JJ's not for it. Plus, if you think I'm, about it, moving across the country, yeah, it's with two dogs is gonna be, be hard so as hell. So stressful, and I'm that's one of the major factors. I know, right? I'll join the road trip. That'd be a cool road trip, actually. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like right now, like I feel like I'm the happiest I've ever been in regards to like what I'm working, um, where I'm working, because um, you know, at that old job, you don't feel really appreciated. You know, like at any like corporate job people Mm -hmm. they just need to see you do the stuff that they want you to do um at this job at the library you know it's a part-time job but like the people i work with they're like really supportive they're make like if you have any questions they help you especially since i'm going to library school a lot of the librarians really 
they ask me how my program's going and they give me advice for things. It's just really cool to be around people that are working in the field that I want to work in. Because yeah. if I don't do museums or archives, I'm, I'm fine with working in a library as well. Because, you know, helping the community whenever and, like find information that they really want, that's really, it's a lot better than, you know, doing all those fake reviews for people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm like redeeming myself in some way. Redeeming. <laughs> and and you're, you're just helping people. And I, that's super... I don't know. I, that's important to me because that's that's my biggest thing too. Is like I want to do something that matters, and I want to do something that helps people, and that's why I think I can take my previous like communication studies experience into education in this grad program and everything else that I've experienced beforehand, and tie it all together, and hopefully contribute something positive to a community, multiple communities, whatever, whatever, whatever that may be. Yeah, yeah. Even right now, like working, you know, um, at a library during you know, COVID, once we reopened, people were happy to come in. Like they would always, patrons would always just be like, thank you so much for, you know, doing this. You know, we really needed this because, you know, you have so much time at home. What else can you do? You know, you could watch movies, you could read books. And, you know, that's one way we could provide people that like form of entertainment or even like a form of, you know, gaining more knowledge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's pretty, um, it's pretty cool to see it all you know, work for them. Would you say people using the library as a resource is a dying thing? No. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's funny because people think, you know, because there's technology and stuff. It's just that the things that we're providing just kind of change because we're still providing people with like, you know, online resources, you know, helping them find things or even some not everyone has a computer at home so people come in and use our computers um trying to print things fax things but yeah so i don't think it's really dying like you would think i kind of thought that that too when i first considered um working in the library field Mm -hmm. but yeah if you think about it it's just the things that we provide just changes you know because we're still helping them because one of the things we're learning is also helping them you know with technology and all that so it's pretty, yeah, it's really, if you think about it, it's just it's just how things just change, but we're still yeah. here to help. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. at the very core, yeah, libraries traditionally, you think of books and reading, but libraries have always been about being a community resource and the books are just a plus, if that makes sense. Books are there, like you know, whether that's reading for fiction, reading nonfiction, reading about history, helping, your, enriching yourself with knowledge, whatever that may mean to you. They've always also been about even just the space alone, just this library space. Yeah, people come in for quiet yeah. rooms. Yeah. I mean, right now, That's we're not important. letting people do that, but it was a really popular place for people to just study or just to be, you know, to have alone time and do their own thing instead of being at home. And I remember, I don't know if it was a TikTok you sent me or if it was like a tweet I saw. <laughs> do you remember what I was, what I was going to, do you know what I'm going to say? I actually don't, but it's just funny because it's TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this thing where someone was like, um, if libraries didn't exist today and someone proposed, you know, having free books and like resources to provide oh, for people, they yeah. would think it's like a whole socialist yeah, thing. Yeah, I think it was Twitter. And nobody would um, support it. Support like a lot it, of people. Yeah. yeah. Like Absolutely. people would go batshit crazy for that shit if you think about it. And I'm like, holy shit, that's kind of true. People would be like, why do we have libraries? We don't need this. You know, like provide free things for people. Why are they getting people? free stuff? 
Why are they mm-hmm. using my tax, my taxes to like provide books for people, you know, who don't deserve it? Yeah, because it, people might not know this, but most of the the most common, I don't say demographic, but the most common patron at any library is usually the poorer or Low less income. fortunate. Yeah, less fortunate people. Yeah, because I mean, and that alone should be important mm-hmm. enough to anybody, to anything. So it's it, now. And I'm not I'm not pointing fingers at you, Annie, because you asked the question. But um, <laughs> so, sometimes just there's this misconception that libraries libraries I'll say libraries libraries are outdated, but really they actually keep up with the times, and mm-hmm. that's why they're yeah. valuable too. Yeah, and so. there's like conferences every year where like you know if anything updates or anything changes, you know you just keep up with that through the conferences and like resources like the um american library association like that's one way um librarians keep up with what's going on in their field um even for like the i forgot what the archivist one is the social i forgot archivist society or something like that like that's another one so so yeah we all know that things keep changing it's just you know our job to keep keep up with it basically but yeah, but if you think about it, if you if I look now to where my life is um, and you compare it to where it was back then, I'd just be like, what the hell? <laughs> I was yeah, like, what the fuck? Same. I'm a librarian? <laughs> what the hell? Same. Yeah, because in community college, my major changed so many times. Yeah, and then um, just like what you said, Andy, like the whole like intimidation kind of thing, I think that's one of the reasons why I kept changing it, especially with like journalism and music. I was really intimidated by everyone you know like with journalism it's a really kind of fast-paced kind of you know field yeah so when i first went to that course like everyone was just running around i'm just like what the fuck is going on and i just <laughs> dropped everyone that so shit. frantic <laughs> yeah and then uh for music you know being because you know like i do enjoy making beats but the thing is i'm a sample sample based beat maker so i just use samples to make music but there are other people who are like straight up geniuses with the piano and like guitar. And I'm just like, damn, I am nothing like these people. Like, I don't think I belong here, which is also why I switched too. Yeah. Which, you know, it leads me to dropping courses that I feel like I should have just taken anyway instead of getting intimidated. Yeah. And then when I transferred to university, there was this one course that I really wanted to do, which was like the radio class kind of like journalism kind of related but you also play music because you know music was also a big thing oh yeah but i got intimidated for that too because i didn't really think i would be a good speaker on the radio and now look where i am i'm doing a podcast (laughs) (laughs) full circle right the irony (laughs) but yeah um yeah just shit keeps changing you know like i feel like a lot of people don't understand that if you don't really know what you want to do that's okay that's okay yeah Yeah. you know if you need time to figure it out like you don't need to keep up with everyone just because everyone's having a full-time job buying a house yeah getting married having family already it's like we don't need to compete with each other we just just do what you think is right for yourself yeah and sorry i was gonna say quickly that kind of thinking and even doing that thing itself was drilled into us too not only was 
going to college, but millennials were constantly told by boomers and even Gen Xers, we were told by them, go to college, go to college, get a degree or get a degree, get a profession. You're going to stay in forever. Then make a family as soon as possible. Then, or actually back up, get a house as soon as possible. Then make a family, then cement yourself in your profession. Then make sure you make a lot of money. Then have kids. And do this all before you turn 30. All before you turn 30. (laughs) Bruh, we, tell me that's not something we were taught all the fucking time whether that was directly that also media through whatever that also really plays a big role in like the whole mental health thing with people our age you know people think they're not good enough they're they're not going anywhere with their life but it's like come on you're just take a deep breath and don't rush yourself don't push yourself to do something you don't want to do you know i feel like with you and me babe you know how it took us a long time to figure out what we want to do yeah i think one of the reasons why is because both of our parents didn't really push us to do anything yeah because i feel like if i had the whole asian pressure thing too if (laughs) i had that i feel like i would have probably become a nurse or some shit and it's like that's not that's not my thing (laughs) dude like how many times did my grandma like tell me like oh you should go and be an x-ray tech and i'm just like i don't I don't like I science, goddammit. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't like science. Also, it just you get flashbacks sounds of no, like no offense. integrated science. Yes. <laughs> no offense to x-ray text, but that sounds boring. I'm not going to lie, dude. Wait, isn't that what Dylan wants to do? Or like radiology or something? Radiology. Or was it ultrasound? Actually, I think it was ultrasound. Was it ultrasound? I thought he said radiology. I remember. I mean, that's fine. That's, that's cool, that too. Has to do with their breathing I mean, or something. It's just, it's not for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, look at my background. I have no no experience with medical and science shit. I mean, like, who does <laughs> going into people, even going into that? I mean, people took freaking biology. I didn't. I only took biology in community college, and I just skated through that shit. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, dude, I took that class with my sister at CSM. Oh God, dude, I feel like you should never take a class with someone you know. Dude, especially in college, mostly in college. We slacked off so much, I swear. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Like, I remember our lab. We would just be copied off of one person. But I'm not going to. I'm not really going to get gonna into it. Who? I don't want to. You're not going to implicate Well, them. no. I mean, I don't even know his name. I don't fucking know who this guy was. You don't know his name and you copied <laughs> off of him? My sister copied off of him. I copied off my sister. Oh. <laughs> and then I copied off of you. No. No, you weren't even in that class. I, in that I think. Class, yeah. I think you were already in a... Did you already go to? I think I did. Yeah, you already left for boot camp yeah, at that time. And I think you just told me about this kind of stuff. As yeah, in our on. letters. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, our yeah, <laughs> we didn't go to class today because we wanted to go to Hillsdale Mall and just, you know, <laughs> eat. Oh <my> <laughs> eat at the food court, eat some food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that just goes to show you, as cliche as it might sound, ev- essentially just follow what you feel is right, even if... Mm-hmm. And even if, because some people will say, well, what if I have doubts about it? You'll, you'll, you're bound to have doubts about it, you know, because I had doubts about going to CSM. I had doubts about going into the military. I had doubts about coming out of the military. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I very, very briefly considered re-enlisting, but then immediately thought like, hell no. (laughs) Oh yeah. There was even a point where you were about to like do the whole officer thing with the army. Yeah. Yeah. Get flashbacks again. Dude. Yeah. Well, not technically re-enlist. It was like when I was getting out, I was like, oh. What I'm going to do is go to college, do ROTC, and then become an officer in the Army. So after I graduate college, I go back into the Army as an officer to make more money. And then actually, I remember this 
I don't remember exactly what happened leading up to it. I, I don't know if we got into a fight or something happened. <laughs> and then I remember telling you, I just really don't want to do it. Like, I was thinking about it a lot. And yeah. I, just, I was, I don't remember if I was crying. You're I really stressed was. about it. I was really this stressed was, about it. We were fighting about it. I was not there. We were separate because I was oh, in, yeah. in the Bay for the internship for the summer. And you were still in San Diego. So we were, yeah. Yeah. And I was just really stressed about it. And I just, because at first we were planning and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And, and not that I was 100% in, but I just was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. And then I just thought about it, really thought about it. And I made a final decision within myself. And I was told her, I was like, I don't, because I'm going to hate it. I'm going to be miserable. Yeah. And then I was just like, if you don't think you're going to be happy, then don't yeah. do it. So then I think that's around the time you found out about the whole communication thing too. So I was like, okay, you can do this. Well, and then, well, actually, that was no, you're already accepted, yeah, 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 Long Beach, but we were just, you know, it's like, okay, we'll figure it out, yeah. And then, long story short, I <laughs> transferred to Long Beach. We both moved to Orange County. If you told me if I was able to go back in time and talk to my 16 year old self and tell him, hey, guess what, you're gonna be a grad student, 16 year old me would have been like, fuck you, no, I'm not. <laughs> the hell you mean yeah the hell i'm not even Same gonna go to college thing. i'd be like what with what money yeah like what are you talking about get you out got of here motherfucking loans you're tripping <laughs> yeah so it's just crazy how that ended up because i would never have yeah because that was so anti-college i would never have guessed it the irony right and one quick question maybe one of the last questions i want to ask you andy is what when you figured out i remember you, you were telling us about it about the management information management information systems is that right mm -hmm. or, te yep. or technology yep. okay systems were you a hundred percent sure on that like that's okay you found this concentration you switched to that you're like okay i think i'm good with this or what was at your... the time yeah more or less if i were to if i had some like magical chance to redo everything i don't know what i would do but i would probably reconsider oh damn okay would you yeah. still be in and, the and, business and... side it's very likely, but okay. or, or well, business like major, mm -hmm. yeah. And okay, so this is strictly my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> and I could you know be totally wrong or just like I don't know, just how I feel really, without putting too much thought into it. I felt, for me, I felt like a business degree didn't matter too much in 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 terms of what I actually do for my job. Like it, it definitely checks the mark off of like, oh yeah, I got a bachelor's. Like, it's just the thing to do, like a certification, right? But in terms of like the actual knowledge, skills, and application, like pretty much all this, all the the coursework, all the knowledge from that degree, you could do it yourself online. Like just read and learn. Like, and, and that's essentially what I did. Like, I learned everything about the stock market online. Yeah, or like not from even a class. Like a lot of, yeah, like even like a lot of the financial terms, how finance works, you know, business law, like management organization, like all that, you know, you just learn online. And even in practice, especially in like San Francisco, in like the startup culture, it's uh, it's totally, well, not totally, but it's a lot of it is different. It's like a lot of the the coursework in, in a business degree program is very like conventional business stuff, which... It's good to know, but in application, it doesn't help too much. So, so that, that's the only reason why if I were to redo it, I would be very interested in researching or exploring other, other things, like learning something more technical or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And you never know, man. It's, it's never really too late if you think about it. And 
to be honest, it still seems like you kind of have a good handle on what your skills and strengths are and you know how to apply them. So I don't know if you think that of yourself, but <laughs> I think that of you. You know, that that's, well, thank you. But it's, it's very funny because, you know, you mentioned like imposter syndrome back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just like now, like when I think back, I'm like, I just feel like I, like I don't know anything. But then when you when you actually try to like analyze like, okay, what have you actually learned throughout the years? Like, yes, you can like list them all out, but it's just like, you just don't feel like, yeah, definitely. what the hell? I'm already 30 and like, yeah. I should be doing this, this and that. Like, can I really do it? But it's like, it, it's so hard to like measure yourself, right? Yeah. And I think part of that too is us maybe both indirectly and directly being taught that, or just not, not being taught that that's normal to, to think that okay, every now and then, as long as you don't dwell on it too much and it doesn't consume you as as corny as that might sound don't let the don't let the hate it's very valid yeah don't let yeah. the hate consume you no um, <laughs> don't let your Just doubt do consume down. you it's normal to have doubts and it's normal even in even in the profession that you chose that you feel like okay i belong here sometimes it's okay to feel like do i belong here because at the very least like i said before in terms of being nervous for example before you talk it's at least you know you care because if you're not nervous if you're not having doubts then you might want to check your pulse because you might be dead. You might not have a heart, <laughs> like you know. Right. So or or you're that confident. Oh you're, yeah, you're some crazy, <laughs> super self confident yeah. person. But at the end of the day, I I like this infer I like this advice because it's simple. But and I've heard it a lot. But the whole "it's never too late" thing really is true. I mean, as much as I hate, I, like I don't idolize celebrities, for example. But a lot of examples of celebrities and or people who've established really big companies, for example, a lot of them started really late. Some of them passed their 30s. They didn't start doing stuff until they were like 40. And then they then they started being successful, whatever that metric mm -hmm. is that you measure yeah. that by. So that's something. Dude, to... Colonel Sanders for KFC started his, like he got successful when he was like 60. Jesus. Wait, really? Yeah. Damn. I mean, this is like way back when, right? So. Right, <laughs> yeah. He, but but still, but like, still he was yeah. I'm like KFC. I'm gonna make chicken. Yeah. <laughs> KFC is that your southern accent? <laughs> oh wait, oh that was my Benjamin Franklin accent. Oh. <laughs> southern, huh? <laughs> Close enough. They look. They almost yeah. look the same. Damn. Nah. Um. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly man. It's uh, Colonel Sanders. That's a good one. I was trying to think of someone else as a good example, but in general, yeah, it's just good to. Because you can always be learning. You can always be growing no matter how how old you are. Like, it doesn't stop just because you stop being a student. Two chains. You know? Yeah. That's the first one I thought of when he was saying that. <laughs> Two chains? Two chains did not become popular until he was, like, 32, I think. I might be just super guessing. Between, twenty, like, 29 to, like, 32-ish. And usually most rappers get big around, Young. like, 20, early 20s oh, or even, like... Never thought about the life cycle of Dude. a rapper's yeah. career. Yeah, hip hop <laughs> yeah. is considered a young person's game, even from yeah. from its inception. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's always been considered that, and more so today than anything, though, because of how popular it is and the demographic that listens to it now is starting to be a lot younger. So therefore, the rappers tend to be younger when you think mm -hmm. about it. But Two Chains, yeah. when he used to go by Titty Boy, <laughs> <laughs> I know, what? I know, you didn't know that he used to go by Titty Boy. <laughs> I feel like you should have known this, man. It's a millennial thing, Titty right? Boy? <laughs> Bro, I, I, don't, I don't follow the rap game like, right. like you guys, okay. so that's probably why. T Bro, titty Boy? He used to go by Titty Boy. He went to college. How do I not know this? Dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> he used to go by Titty Boy. He went to college. He he wanted to go. He wanted to be an NBA player. Some people don't know that either. And so he was a hooper, and that's what he went to college for. But then <laughs> he graduated college, so he has a degree. 
and he started rapping or he was rapping around that time but he didn't get popular he just he released a whole bunch of music as titty boy but he didn't get popular and then i forgot what the first breakthrough song was oh, but yeah he was in college basketball right yeah yeah he was a hooper jesus and um he did he changed his name he changed his name to two chains and he started coming out with a whole bunch of crazy songs and collaborating with people like Nicki minaj and all that shit and became kind of wish popular. he kept that name titty boy titty boy <laughs> Yeah. yeah i don't really know why i guess because he was really into strip clubs or something like that i don't know <laughs> no and i'm not even saying that as a joke <laughs> because boy. he supports strippers <laughs> in atlanta yo titty boy would be a great name for danny lopriori <laughs> i know right titty boy man that's that's another we can have a whole episode on hip-hop and just crazy backstory Fun facts people might not have known. <laughs> I can go on about that. I know. I would love to hear them. Yeah, we could do that. But um, in in the nature of this episode, is there anything else you guys want to say before we close it out? Well, I just want to know one thing. So, Andy, when you, like, got laid off, like, did you, like, start, like, did anything, like, in your, how you thought about, like, working and stuff? Like, did anything change or did it affect you in any way? The only thing that, went through my mind when I got laid off was like, well, actually, initially it was a shock. I was like, okay, that's, you know, I, I was actually like my second time getting laid off. First time I was, I was an intern. Okay. And when did you get laid off? Like when was? Oh, that was uh, September 2019. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And initially it was a shock. Yeah. But then both instances, I was like, I'm kind of happy about it. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. So like the first time was an internship and it was during college and most of my years in, in college, I, I've been working part-time jobs, right? So it was actually nice to just do school. And then in this instance, you know, I've been a product manager for, I don't know, like five years at the at that time, five or, yeah, five years. And I was just kind of like tired. Damn, I was just, like drained. You know, maybe burnt out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, I and felt I like, like okay. you were always working uh, no matter what. Like, <laughs> just every time I think about, hey, what's Andy up to? Oh, probably working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I was, in that respect, yeah, I just felt cool. Like, I get to have a break, you know? And then the pandemic hit. Yeah, <laughs> right. right? Get more time to your own devices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's exactly. like too so much time, or is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I was like semi worried, and, uh, you know, I was still like applying for jobs and stuff. And so, it's, it's still pretty hard out there but in terms of like if anything in my perception of it changed i i can't point to anything in particular so i don't think so yeah because it seems like i still want to pursue this career mm -hmm. path yeah mainly because i feel like i don't know what else to do i mean there's <laughs> other like like fields like maybe like a operations as a strategist or mm -hmm. analyst or something like that which is like closely related i guess but to me, at least, this this is the field that interests me the most. Okay. Well, you'll 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 find a yeah. A job. I feel like it'll work out for you. To be honest, yeah, I hope so. Because if you think about we'll it, see. a lot of people are probably quitting too. I mean, that's what really. Well, I don't know. I mean, okay. So I was talking to a librarian at my work, and she was just like, "Well, you'll fall, you'll find." Because I was just like, "What if like after once I graduate, and I graduate in like twenty, like next year." I graduate next year and I'm just like, what if the pandemic is still happening, you know, and like can't find a job? And she was like, well, if you think about it, people are probably going to quit their jobs because they're just sick and tired of, you know, and I'm just like, huh, maybe. But, you know, it's kind of wishful thinking. But, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, maybe it depends on the 
I don't know, maybe it depends on like the industry. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. But maybe people are just going to be like, I'm tired of working from home. Like, I don't want to do this or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, the way I look at like my specific profession. So, if you didn't know what product management is, basically, it's one of the, f- the person that, well, they they manage products, but um, <laughs> oh yeah, they they work oh, yeah? they work with different like departments, right? Yeah, in order to yeah. make sh- like make, ensure the successful nature of the product, right? That involves you know by by naturally, it's one person takes ownership of a specific thing, right? So they work with different like engineers, designers, other departments like sales, right? To 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 take initiative, right? So already that's like a, you know, one to like six ratio of, let's say, just engineers, right? So, you know, and of course, every company has multiple product managers. So in, in, a, in an average organization, you're more likely to have more like, let's say, in the tech industry, more engineers and product managers, right? So there's already a, like a type of um, imbalance, like, which isn't a bad thing. That's just the nature of the, the, the role, right? So with the whole like pandemic happening, right? Like all these companies laying off people is just like the way I see it right now, like a typical PM role, you're getting like hundreds of applications for a single role, which is already by nature scarce in a company. So that's, I mean, that's the things I'm thinking about. I'm just like, damn, like I'm really competing against all these other people who, you know, may, might have like a better resume, you know, like they worked at a more well-known company and, and all that stuff. So, um, so I, I've been really thinking about a lot of those kind of things in terms of like researching how like companies hire and all, and all that stuff. And hopefully everything works out, man. Yeah, I think you'll get there, dude. To be yeah, honest. you got this. Well, thanks. Hopefully. <laughs> Maybe once everyone has a vaccine, you know. <laughs> yeah, whenever that. <laughs> I know. Happens. <laughs> or I should just you know there. just enjoy my off time. Yeah, true. Because then once possible. once you start working more, it's that gonna too. be yeah. You're gonna be like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> damn, for sure. I miss it. I know, Already, right? First day of work. Wish I was employed. <laughs> yeah, so man, we we covered a lot. I think yeah. there's a lot of good gems mm-hmm. in there and a lot yeah. of things that we talked about. And some stuff that we I maybe didn't get into as much, but that can always be another episode mm-hmm. no matter what. So any other last closing thoughts before we get get, get the hell out of here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was it was. I really enjoyed, you know, listening to all your guys' stories and, you know, for one, learning about the the ins and outs of the library industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, or the, or the archiving yeah. profession. Yeah. Like, that, that sounds, because I never thought, I never made that connection, like, you know, with museums yeah. and mm-hmm. curating exhibits. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's exhibits and, and all that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. A, something Exhibit. you never really think about. You go, but you don't think about, like, how is this? Right. Did... Yeah. And it's funny because you never think of it as being important, but you don't realize, people don't realize preserving history is super important. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Whenever, we, whenever we talk about hip hop in another episode, I can definitely get into that and how that ties into so many other things than just hip hop. Yeah. Yeah like people's cultures and backgrounds and ethnicities and history being important to preserve and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's true too. Cause when you think about preserving history from, you know, quote unquote, the people who lost, (laughs) right. It's like, it might be totally inaccurate from the people who won and how they want to rewrite history. Right. American history. Americans. Yeah. It's a good example. See, that's the thing. (laughs) See, I want to be able to preserve the The truth. Yeah. The right history. (laughs) The true yeah. history. 
the right wing history? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Hell not. That's <laughs> what they do now. What you mean? What you mean? Just like how they downplay how bad slavery actually was, but you know that's another topic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's important, man. But like, like I said, I think one of the takeaways for me was. It's never too late, and doubts are normal. Mm-hmm. And don't compete. Like <laughs> don't this compete is not a competition. This is your life. Your peers. Yeah, you who's listening you. to this exact <laughs> listener, moment, stop to you. comparing yourself. Yeah, you yeah. looking around, yeah. thinking for watching this is, you. <laughs> yeah, this is a sign. You know, like you've been stressed <laughs> out about your work. This is us telling you, don't. It's trip. okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. But it's okay if you do. So don't feel bad if you do. But also try not to. <laughs> And, and, and do it and then do it <laughs> <laughs> and then do it yeah so uh thank you for listening everybody for tuning into the misguided miscreants podcast hope you enjoyed it we always have so much more to talk about so like we said earlier well we can include stuff like this into other episodes you know it's not beyond us but tell one person in your life please if you enjoyed this and if you got this far or if not whatever do you and tune in next time next week and we'll see you peace out bye